This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. And go for Mike Slater in three, two, one. You're listening to Mike Slater, part of the next generation of talk radio, only on the Blaze Radio Network. That is America's greatest country in the world. Thanks for being happy Saturday. Um, I want to talk about being a, a discerning consumer of news. This has been a theme of the last year. The old uh, policy, the old posture, was trust but verify. Right, the old Reagan mantra: trust but verify. Just can't do that in the news anymore. You you have to not believe anything you read or see or hear. You can't believe any of it until you prove it true. You can't assume it's true. You can't assume the context is given. You can't assume the writer has uh, digested all the facts and context and is only giving you the most relevant information for you to make up your mind. You can't assume that anyway. That's not how journalism works. You have to assume everything has an agenda. Everything is misconstrued. Everything is missing proper context and everything is wrong until you can prove it true. That's just the way it goes. Now you can you cannot assume that and then just be misled all the time, or you can go under the proper posture and and come away with um, something closer to the truth. I'll give you two examples of this. The first one is it's got a lot of numbers, and I know numbers are really hard over the radio, so I'm just going to go kind of quick on this one. But the second one's a really good example. I should probably flip it around, but I'll go with this one first. So you remember the little spat between Donald Trump and John Lewis, right? Civil rights icon. And Trump said, he talked about how John Lewis is, you know, needs to mind his own business and worry about his own district because his district is so dangerous. This is from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Uh, they wrote, quoting, an Atlanta Journal-Constitution analysis of the data found Atlanta's violent crime rate, one crime per 1,120 residents, landed Atlanta at number 14 nationally among cities with populations more than 200,000. Now, I will give the AJC a little bit of credit because the next sentence does say not all American cities have data in this report. For instance, Charlotte, North Carolina was not included, nor were New York City or Cleveland, Ohio. Okay, so, so at least they, they, they didn't just say so that. I mean, I, I, to be fair, right? Atlanta Journal-Constitution could have left that sentence out. And then how would you know that this report that has Atlanta at number 14 doesn't include New York city right? <laughs> or, or Cleveland or Charlotte or whatever. How would you know you wouldn't, right? So at least they gave you that. And I like that, but they made a pretty big mistake here. Now, back in the day, you would read that report and you would walk away with, well, Atlanta's not that dangerous. Trump said it's super dangerous. Like it's not that dangerous. I mean, they hear the Atlanta journal constitution, these writers, I mean, they took time writing this report Um, They say it's not that dangerous. I'll take their word for it. But today you got to be super cynical. 
And if you're super cynical, you read that article and you read that paragraph that I just read you. And I hope you walked away with, with a question. I hope you said when I read, uh, Atlanta's violent crime rate, one crime per 1,120 residents. I hope you heard that and said, wait, what? What kind of statistic is that? That is the weird, like, I've never heard a stat like that in my life. Crime statistics are not reported one per 1,120 or whatever. Like that, crime statistics are, are uh, recorded based on number of crimes per 100,000 people, not number of people per one crime. And, and that's not the same. So what they did, they just did the math blunder. So they took the population of the city, 460,000, and divided it by the number of violent crimes, 5,200. And that equals 89.3. For some reason, that makes no sense at all, they divided 89.3 into 100,000. No idea why. <laughs> it makes no sense. And the result is 1,120. And then they inexplicably interpreted that as one crime per 1,120. That makes no sense. That's a ridiculous math blunder. It totally it makes absolutely no sense. I know math is tough over the air, so I'm just going to cut to the chase. The reality is, based on the same statistics that this newspaper was using, but just doing proper math, the crime rate is 14 times as high as what the newspaper reported. So they just like blew it. Like, like They just screwed up on the math. All right, so I know I went through quick on that one just because math's hard, but uh, hard over the radio. Let me give you this other example. This one's much more clear. You may have read some articles last week that 2016 was the hottest year on record, right? Third year in a row where it was the hottest year. Now, this is a mathematical issue, right? This is a mathematical fact. What's the temperature? So you would think that articles that write about this would include numbers, are you with me? New York Times. Earth sets a temperature record for the third straight year. And it's this whole long article. And they never once include any numbers. How can that be? This is the New York Times. Marking another milestone for a changing planet. Scientists reported on Wednesday that the Earth reached its highest temperature on record in 2016. Trouncing a record set only a year earlier which beat one set in 2014. It's the first time in the modern era of global warming data that temperatures have blown past the previous record three years in a row. What kind of reporting is it? What kind of objective reporting has the word trouncing? Oh, trounce the record and blowing past. Robert Trusinski said, uh, trouncing and blown past are phrases appropriate for sports reporting, not science reporting, except that no sports reporter would dare write an article in which he never bothers to give you the score of the game. And even the NASA and NOAA, uh, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, they wrote a press release about it. And never in their press release did they mention what the temperature was this year compared to last year. So if you, are not, if you, if you do not have discernment, you would read these articles and be like, oh my gosh, if you trust but verify even, you'd read these articles and be like, oh my gosh, it was the hottest year on record. And, you, and you're and you more inclined to follow their uh, conclusions, right? That we need taxes on this, that, or the other. 
But if you have a discerning eye, you read these articles and you say, well, what was the temperature last year? (laughs) What was the temperature last year? How does it compare to the year before? Tell me. You say it's a trouncing, but tell me what it is. What are you hiding? That's how you have to read the news. Now, I'll tell you the answer. But first, though, uh, we have uh, some football games tomorrow, right? So let's say, what is it, Packers-Falcons. Let's say the Packers trounce the Falcons. It's a trouncing. What would the score be? Okay, a full-blown trouncing. I would say 56-6, to right? Packers win 56-6. to That's a trouncing. Do you want to know how much hotter 2016 was compared to 2015? How much hotter do you think? Keep in mind, it's a trouncing. The New York Times says it's trouncing. Where, let, me, let me pull the quote again. Uh, marking another milestone for a changing planet, scientists reported that the Earth reached its highest temperature on record in 2016, trouncing a record set only a year earlier. Okay, so how much hotter do you think 2016 was than 2015? Point zero one degree Celsius. That is one one hundredth of a degree. Trouncing. Now, here's the kicker with that. There in this in this the same report, there's a margin of error of point one degree. Remember margin of error, right? You mean the poles? Remember the presidential polls, right? It has Hillary up by three, but there's a margin of error of six. So it could be Trump's up by three, right? So margin of error of point one. So, so Robert Trusinski said, that's like saying the football's on the 10 yard line, give or take a hundred yards. Okay. There's your margin of error. It's on the 10 yard line, give or take a hundred yards. There's your report trouncing the record. That's why it's not included in the articles. Plus, you have the overall absurdity of recording the temperature of the planet, which in and of itself makes no sense. The planet's big. So live in San, I live in San Diego. San Diego is an interesting climate because we have the ocean, and then we have what we call inland, and then we have the mountains, and then we have the desert. So we have four different regions all within our county. So it's pretty wild. You can go, uh, you can go snowboarding or skiing in the mountains and surfing on the same day. And you can go to the, you can go to the desert, you can go to the desert and, and surf on the same day, right? So what's the temperature of San Diego? Well, it's 70 at the ocean, but it's 80 inland in my house. And it's 90 in the desert, but it's 30 in the mountains. That's all San Diego. So what's the temperature of San Diego? Is it 70? Is it 80? Is it 90? Is it 30? up in the mountains? Like, how do you even, that doesn't make any sense. So what do you do? We average them all together. Say, oh yeah, it's 74. Is it? Not if you're in the mountains. That's San Diego. How can you say it's 74? It's, it's 100 in the desert. Is it 74? Oh, that doesn't make any sense. And that's just San Diego. How can you say that about the planet? How can you talk about the temperature of the planet? And then how can you even, with a straight face, measure that to a hundredth of a degree and say it's a hundredth of a degree warmer? And then on top of that, throw it, well, margin of error of a tenth of a degree. <laughs> and of course, they've only been recording temperatures since 1880. And how precise were those? Like, it's crazy. 
we all know the climate's always been changing. So even the concept of what's the temperature of the planet is absurd. But then to put on, to, to suggest that it's a hundredth of a degree warmer, when according to your margin of error, it could also be nine one hundredths colder than last year. Come on. That's why they don't put the numbers in their articles. We have to be discerning. 1-888-933-93. I want to come back and uh, talk about some discernment we need to have with uh, Donald Trump and some things that the Republicans are going to do next week. Don't accept the status quo with certain things uh, when it comes to tax cuts and spending cuts and stuff like that. I'll explain next. Mike Slater Show, The Blaze Radio Network. Spread the word. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. And just not trusting what anyone said. Uh, now, I'm really excited about this week. I think a lot of things are going to happen. I think Trump's going to do a lot right away. We've heard that Trump is looking at a 20% cut in the federal workforce and a 10% spending cut. Now, rumors being thrown around, obviously we don't have any details. But I read something else. Now, we don't know yet. We don't know. Maybe this is all too soon. But I'm just as an example of, of asking questions. I also read that those 10% spending cuts from different departments is going to be transferred to the Defense Department. Now, I just want to be clear. I don't think we need to spend more on our military. Hear me out. Listen, 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 listen. We need to spend wiser. We need to spend smarter. And I think we can spend less on our military and get more. I think we can spend less on our military than we do now because of all the waste, fraud, and abuse and have a bigger military. What was the report the other day? There was, I forget what it was. I mean, hold on. This is important because I think people are going to think I'm a anti-war pansy. Um, there was some report just a couple weeks ago. Here it is. Pentagon, bear, this is Washington Post. Pentagon buries evidence of $125 billion in bureaucratic waste a year. Okay, so that's that's $125 billion on bureaucratic waste, that doesn't even include the waste of, like, like uh, at the end of the year because it's, it's we don't have zero based budgeting, uh, and every we've had many veterans call in and say that at the end of the year they have a budget that's left over or they have some of their budget left over, so they just spend it so that they can go back next year and they don't get their budget cut, right? So they'll just like blow through a bunch of ammunition or they'll buy a statue or they'll burn all the paper in the office so they have to buy more to spend the money okay that's like that's this is just bureaucratic waste on top of all the other waste so i'm saying you could be more efficient with all that spend less and get more i don't think we need to take more money and just throw it into the military and pat ourselves on the back because that means we love our military i think we can spend smarter or at least spend the same and get more right is that you know what i'm saying now, maybe we do need to spend more, but I don't think it, it looks like, oh, we'll just cut everything over here and just put all that money in our military. I don't think that necessarily makes sense. But that's not my point. When you hear about cuts to the federal workforce, most of the time, what that means 
is no one's going to be fired. It just means that they won't refill positions. So it's mostly hiring freezes. So someone retires and that position just isn't refilled. Is that cutting the federal workforce? Yeah, but it's over a long time. So it's not, eh, it's okay. How about the spending cut part? Most of the time, and you know this already, just a refresher. Most of the time, a spending cut isn't really a spending cut. So what they'll do is they'll say, well, in our budget for next year, we plan for an increase in $500 billion, right? We plan for an increase in $500 billion, but we're only going to really increase it by $300 billion. Now, Republicans pat themselves on the back for saying, look, we just cut $200 billion from the budget. And Democrats say, oh my gosh, can you believe it? The Democrats or the, the Republicans are horrible people. They just cut $200 billion from the budget. They're going to throw Graham off a cliff and everyone's going to die. And in reality, you didn't cut $200 billion from the budget. You've added $300 billion. It's the same bad logic when your wife buys something from the store because it's on sale and says, well, I saved $50. No, you spent a hundred. <laughs> you didn't save fifty. You spent a hundred. So it's the same thing here. Like, yeah, you you cut spending from what you were planning to increase it, but you're still increasing it from today. You're not really cutting it from today. That's not a real cut. So what we need to demand are real spending cuts. Real spending cuts. Be on the lookout for this. When they say spending cuts, don't trust them. You have to look further, and I will do this as well. What kind of spending cuts? Are you really cutting spending, or are you cutting what you're planning to spend, which is still an increase? We must demand real spending cuts. We must demand real tax cuts. We must demand real reduction in the federal workforce. A real shrinking of government in real terms, not all compared to what it could be. One last thing, because I got two minutes. I want to see real massive simplification of the tax code. On Monday, uh, I had the chance to interview Steve Forbes and he's the big flat tax guy. His plan is you ready for this. Now wait till the kicker 17% flat tax. Everyone above, I think it's $52,000. So every, every, all money you make up to $52,000 is tax free. Anything above $52,000, 17%, no deductions for anything other than kids. Now here's the kicker because I know you may be like, Oh, I don't like this. I don't like that. What about deducting for my house? What about deductions for this? What about this? Blah, 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 blah. It's a choice. You can either pay the new tax, the 17% flat tax with no deductions other than kids, or you can keep with the current tax code right now. So if you think you'll do better off with the current tax code, the current super complicated tax code with all the deductions and everything, go ahead. You continue with what we're doing right now. But if you think you'd be better off with a 17% flat tax, you go ahead and pay that. That's what I'm talking about. I love that. I love the choice aspect of that. So I want real tax simplification. I don't want, you know, uh, we're going to just get rid of this one half of a page of your otherwise thousand page tax return. I want a real dramatic simplification of the tax code. Now to wrap up with the media bias, are they going to report on that honestly? Or are they going to talk about any tax cuts or any, any cuts of spending or anything? Is it just going to be about how devastating this is going to be for grandma and poor children because all poor children are going to starve now because we didn't rehire someone from some obscure department in the Bureau of Land Management? Give me a break. Or are they going to say, you know what? You know, maybe we could cut the federal government by 20% and the world won't come to an end. Demand real 
Slater Radio on Twitter, Mike Slater Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Spread the word. Mike Slater. Uh, I think I started the thing on Facebook. Shouldn't have done anything. I'm in trouble now. And check it out on our Facebook page. Search for the Mike Slater Show. Just walk away from all this. <laughs> you can check it out. You go enjoy. Do it on my behalf. Um, not going to comment anymore. Um, yeah, we uh, I'll share this story. This ties into what we were just talking about. Remember last week, I think we talked about it on the show last week, uh, the question was, should Donald Trump treat the media as the opposition party? Uh, and the answer is yes. As long as they act like the opposition party, they should be treated as such. David Burrs tweeted, he said, uh, media, here are 50 think pieces on why we must oppose Trump. Trump, the media is the opposition party. Media, how dare you? So once the press stops acting like the opposition party, then we'll be fine. Now, I, I want to be clear on what this, what this looks like. There is a big difference between a press that asks honest questions and investigates for the truth. That's great. That's what we want. We want a tough press. It's the fourth branch of government. Uh, it's, it's essential to a properly functioning uh, republic. Right? We want the press to keep the government of all parties accountable. But when the press is full of people who range from, and I'm being, this is the nice side. The nice side is people with such uh, inherent bias, which we all have, but they have such bias that they, they can't even self-assess their bias. All the way to just liars, right? When, when people in the media range in there, then that's trouble. And that's not what the press is supposed to do. There's so much bias from people who don't realize it because they're not searching for the full truth. I want to give you an example of that. The Washington Post the other day wrote an article about uh, gun silencers and how Donald Trump wants to make it easier for people to buy silencers for guns. So they wrote this entire article and it is so obvious, so obvious that the people who wrote it have never fired a gun ever it's so obvious that, that the people who wrote this article have no idea what a silencer is first of all they call it a silencer not a suppressor i mean that, that that alone but it's so obvious that their only encounter with a suppressor is a james bond movie right they they really think that if you put a silencer on a gun the gun goes pew pew Right. If you don't have a silencer on a gun, then everyone can hear it. But if you put it on, then pew, pew. and it's like, it's, it, their 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 only knowledge is from like playing video games when they were a kid. And if you're playing GoldenEye on on, on Nintendo sixty four and you're going through the level uh, and you put you have guards that you have to shoot, right? If you shoot them with a regular gun, then all the other guards are going to hear. But in the in the in the video game, if you put the silencer, if you have the silencer gun, then the two guards can be standing next to each other and you can shoot one of them in the back of the head, and the other guard doesn't even know doesn't even know until he sees the body fall on the ground and then he turns around, but by then you already got it aimed on him, right? Like that's their silencer knowledge and experience. And then they write a whole article about it. So are they being liars? I don't know. I think they're more people who are just biased 
inherently, which we all are because we all come to everything with our own preconceived notions and conclusions and opinions and experiences and all that, but they don't have enough self-assessment to realize that. That's the problem. Maybe that's what journalism school needs to be. It needs to be an experience where you learn to recognize what you don't know. So here's the background. There's a bill called the Hearing Protection Act. And it's because uh, gun enthusiasts want to make it easier to buy uh, suppressors to protect their hearing. So for whatever reason, someone asked Michael Ian Black, who's like a comedian guy, for some reason why he's against this bill. And he wrote back, a silent gun is an easier gun to use in the commission of a crime. Again, that doesn't, a silent gun? A si- there's no such thing as a silent gun. Guns with suppressors don't go pew, pew. So here's how this works. A little context. And again, this would be nice stuff to have in the actual article. We've all heard of the decibel scale. The decibel scale is a base 10 scale. It's not linear. So it's a lot like the Richter scale. Um, I don't know how much Richter scale knowledge you have, but out here in California, people have a pretty good knowledge of how the Richter scale works. Um, so let's let's do Richter scale first. So a, a four on the Richter scale is, is a pr- pretty good earthquake. You'll feel it. A five on the Richter scale isn't one point worse. It's not like a little bit worse. A five on the Richter scale is 10 times worse than a four. Okay, then a six on the Richter scale is 10 times worse than the five. It's base 10. So so, so a six on the Richter scale is 100 times worse than a four. See how it goes like that? Same thing with decibels. So if something is... uh, a hundred on the decibel scale, it's 10 times louder than something that's a 90. You with me? So, uh, a jet engine from a hundred feet away. If you've ever been on a tarmac, uh, with the jet engine on, uh, it's 140 decibels An AR 15 unsuppressed 165 eardrums rupture at 150 physical pain and potentially permanent hearing damage occurs at 140. The federal government outlaws anyone from working for longer than 15 minutes a day around 115 decibels. So think about the difference between 115 decibels and 165. Huge. But that's what an AR-15 is, 165 decibels. So if you fire a gun without suppression in your home, it's a good chance your eardrums are going to get blown out, which is why suppressors are a health issue. And again, guns don't silence. You take an AR-15, you shoot it without a suppressor, it's 165 decibels. You put a suppressor on it, it goes down to 135. It's about the sound of a jackhammer. Is a jackhammer silent? If I, went, if I was trying to rob a house and I was shooting people in the house and I, and I used a jackhammer, right? Unless I, was, unless I was just trying to go through a house and not wake anyone up and I was, I was going to use a jackhammer. Pretty sure I'd wake up the person in the upstairs, Okay doesn't make it easier when something is as loud as a jackhammer. Now, any report from the Washington Post or anyone in the media that does not give you that context is biased. And it's because inherently that the person who wrote that doesn't want you to think, or excuse me, does. They do want you to think that silencers are bad and they make it easier for bad guys to sneak in your home and, and kill people and rob banks without anyone else in the bank hearing the gun go off or whatever. But if someone wrote an article about that, um, 
Let me word it like this. No, I'll say it like that. If, if someone, the Washington Post, they wrote this article like this. Whether they have a specific agenda and they're lying, or they just don't know their, they don't know their own limitations, their own biases. They're not doing their job as an honest reporter, and therefore are part of the opposition party. The opposition of the truth, the opposition of letting people know the full story, which is the media's job. The media's job here, the Washington Post, should have taken a minute to interview someone who knows what they're talking about, either for background knowledge or for quotes, and said, hey, here's why people who fire a lot of guns think it's really important to have silencers. Here's what happens uh, when you don't have silencer. Here's what decibel levels are. Here's a little bit of comparison. Here's why silencers could be important. Oh, and also here are some people who think that they're dangerous. Here are some people who think that silencers shouldn't, right? Like you got to give the back and forth. You got to give all sides, all perspectives to help the reader make up their own mind and come to their own conclusion. Otherwise, what are you doing? Or I should say, otherwise, how should you be treated? Well, like the opposition party. And as Trump is making it very clear, the Washington Post, the Washington Times, the big six newspapers, whatever they are, they're no longer the gatekeepers of information. Did you hear that Donald Trump is uh, thinking about moving the White House press room into a different part of the White House that's much bigger? He wants to expand the number of people who are in the press room, which is wild. I love it because, you know, the attack against Trump is that he hates the media. He's going to shut down the media. He's going to take away the freedom of the press and all that stuff. And here's what he's doing with expanding the press room. He's making it bigger. He's doing the opposite of shutting down the press. He's opening it up. Now, why is he doing that? Because he doesn't want these big, these big six don't deserve it anymore, right? New York Times, New York Post, they don't deserve, uh, or New York Times, um, LA Times, uh, Wall, Street, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, Washington Times, right? These big newspaper articles, these big TV stations, they don't deserve their privileged access anymore. Times have changed. They're no longer the gatekeepers of information. In the past, the White House had to go through the big newspapers and TV stations in order to dispense information. You don't have to be like that anymore. It's not, that's not the case anymore. So why treat them like they're special? They don't deserve it. Let some bloggers in. Let some radio people in. Let some smaller TV outlets in. He's blowing the gates wide open. I love it. 1-888-900-3393. Slater Radio on Twitter. And then uh, check out our Facebook page. I just posted a bunch of stuff on Facebook about the marches today, and I probably shouldn't have. But check it out and uh, comment uh, liberally, meaning often. More liberally if you want. one 888 Slater Radio on, uh, on Twitter. Mike Slater Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Spread the word. You're listening to Mike Slater on the Blaze Radio Network. Mike Slater is on. Slater, uh, Slater, do we have clip uh, 1290 by any chance? Do we have that on the uh, on the ready? This is uh, tuned on the tube, turned on the tube. Uh, this would have been two days ago, and I almost never watch TV news. Maybe, maybe once or twice a month. I was like, oh, you know, the election or the inaugurations tomorrow. I might as well uh, tune in and see what's going on. I tuned in right when this was going on. There was a protest going on in D.C. and the uh, reporter on Fox News went up to uh, like this 10-year-old kid. You can get, do we have it here? Presidents, their signs thanking President Obama, obviously. It's mostly peaceful now. A fire broke out just behind us. There was a fire over here. We'll show you where that was. That's the ashes now just sort of 
starting to simmer right in the middle of this. Excuse me one second. Pardon me one second. Right, sir. This, uh, this fire was started. In fact, this young man, you were participating in the fire. What's your name? Uh, my name's Carter, and I actually start, kind of started this fire. So why did you start that fire, Carter? Uh, it's Carter. Sorry, why did you start that fire? Because I felt like it, and because I'm just uh, saying, screw our president. Okay, well, there, right, there you go. So he's, uh, he's like 10. So you just think, I mean, the kid's 10. What first of all was he even doing there? But you know he's not. He doesn't know what he does. I'm not criticizing him. It's his parents, right? We talked earlier about liberals always say, you know, the the, uh, the world is watching and the kids are watching. How can Donald Trump say these things? Our kids are watching. Well, clearly that kid heard his parents yell at the TV. Uh, he sucks or whatever, right? So they're just parroting that. So I heard that and I was wondering what I would tell my son if uh, if Hillary won or someone who I didn't disagree or didn't agree with. Uh, now, my son Jack is uh, four months old. <laughs> so I... Probably wouldn't say anything, but let's say he was eight years old. Let's say he was 10 years old. And I was disappointed with the presidential election results. What would I do? Well, I remember the theme of last year was a quote from Jonathan Edwards, a 17th century theologian. He said, resolution one, I will live for God. Resolution two, when no one else does, I still will. And I'd remind my son that people make mistakes. But our job is to not get swept up by what other people are doing and to still stand up for what we know is right, no matter what. Even if a majority of the country thinks that the other person is right or we are wrong, we're still going to stand up for what's right, no matter what. As it says in Proverbs, let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. I'd read all the Proverbs with my son, all of them, because when you read them, there's no way you can come to the conclusion that you should go light anything on fire. And I'd remind Jack of, uh, I'd remind my son that politicians, uh, politics isn't everything. I think one of the first segments of the show, we talked about the C.S. Lewis quote, where he said, um, I won't quote it here because it's a complicated quote, as C.S. Lewis says, I love C.S. Lewis. He's one of my favorite authors, but I always have to read everything he says twice. Because I, I don't get it. <laughs> uh, but he basically said, a sick society thinks only about politics. And he compared that to a sick person who only thinks about food, like what they're going to eat because they're sick, they're not well. So they have to think about food in order to stay alive. And his point is, if all you think about is food, you're missing the point of food. Right? Food is, doesn't exist so that you can eat. Digestion doesn't exist for the sake of digestion. It exists so that you can live and go out and do other things. Politics, in the same way, isn't its own end. Politics is a necessary evil so that you can go out and, in his case, and what I believe is true, worship God. Like That's the point. Politics is a means to an end. Politics is not the end. So I would remind my son that, uh, okay, we lost an election or our person didn't win, but that's okay. That's not the end. Stand up for what you think is right. Keep going. Look straight ahead. Fix your gaze ahead. Keep your foot from evil and realize what's truly important in our, in our lives. 
That would be my society. To, that would be my question to Jack or my response to Jack. Or we could go to Washington, D.C., a bunch of, a bunch of riders and light stuff on fire. Either one of those. But you decide what's more productive. Slater Radio on Twitter. Uh, Mike Slater Show on Facebook. Again, please go there. I put some stuff about the uh, the Women's March going on right now. Would love your uh, your help with that. Search for the Mike Slater Show on Facebook, and we'll see you next Saturday. Have a wonderful weekend. Mike Slater Show. Spread the word. You're listening to Mike Slater. Part of the next generation of talk radio. On the Blaze Radio Network.